0: You're gonna feel the power. It's gonna turn it on. Interpret your dreams. Just wait and see. The Dream Company. The Dream Company. The Dream Company. The Dream
1: Company.
2: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dream Company. This is episode three. Matune, why don't you start us off?
0: I remember that a year ago, I had this dream the day after I moved to Southern Forest, which is a community in Oroville and a non-profit airforestation program, to live there for a while. I dreamed that I was back at my mom's house and I had some tobacco and started rolling them so that I can smoke. As I rolled them, I stopped a moment to take a look at the wall. And to my shock, I saw a big photo of myself decorated as if it was a dead person's photo. You know, as in any typical Indian houses with the red mark on the forehead and fake flower garments around the photo. Yeah, that's it. That's everything I can recall from the dream.
3: Okay, at that time, were you smoking tobacco? Uh, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> did that dream make you stop smoking? Yeah,
0: so I think the dream is very straightforward. I mean, before moving to Southern Forest, I used to smoke at least one cigarette a day. Which may not sound like a lot, but given the body condition that I have. Yeah, you have problems with serious problems with your lungs, right? Yeah, true. So it was a lot, yeah. So I think the dream was very straightforward that if I had continued smoking anymore I would have faced the consequence of dying from it.
3: Okay. That's a
2: sick at least.
3: Yeah, that's a pretty straightforward dream. And I think here's a case where A dream is pretty literal, and it doesn't require a a sleuth, detective, or a genius to figure it out. With this podcast, there are many things that we are doing. Primarily, we're trying to show how we interpret our dreams, and we feel that it's a bona fide method of doing so, and so we hope to show whoever's listening the same. Uh, Now, Natish has a dream to share about our beloved Lisa, a Rottweiler, the queen of the house. That died last June. And for some reason, even though she was my dog and close to me, he was the person who had the most contact with her after she died. Natish, tell us about your dream.
1: Okay. Um, Actually, I was just like, what is it? She appeared from the balcony from the sky. And then she came into the bedroom. And then daddy was just working the computer, just like doing something. And he didn't even know she was here. And then just got up after a few minutes or something. And then she just left in like in the Marvel in game.
3: What do you mean left in the Marvel Endgame? She went back to the balcony and jumped back into the sky? Yeah. All right. And then what happened to her when she jumped into the sky?
1: When she jumped in the sky, she just like dissolved.
3: Yeah, like in the movie. Yeah. The, yeah, the, yeah the way I the, was
1: just in game.
3: Right. Okay. All right. Well, I remember when you had the dream. I was a little bit taken back. Now, it is a very sad story about Lisa's death. And it was a very complicated and terrible death. And it has caused her to remain on this plane. And I was being made aware that she was around, but I couldn't see her. And in this dream, I wasn't aware that she was in the room. And we, or at least I feel, that she has been present quite a bit after her death. And later on, I will share a dream about that very thing. Now, Lydia, you have a dream that you wanted to share. First, let me introduce Lydia. She's a member of our dream company. And she has basically, we've been talking about her dreams. And she's been telling me her dreams since she was 10 years old. And she is what they call in the business a strong dreamer which is like a seer. And she sees things for the household and the family. And she kind of carries the process of the group. And strong dreamers do that. And she tells me her dreams often. And she hasn't been a part of the, I have always shared her dreams with the rest of the group. But only now is she joining the group because she works and she has different times And so she just comes and relates her dreams to me when she can. And she has a dream about her new job. And you can tell us a little bit, Lydia, of the circumstances of your... When you were cleaning, you were afraid and what you were afraid of.
1: Hello, everyone. I'm working a house cleaning job. So there is one room. There is one woman got suicide, they told me. So every time when I'm going to that room, I was scared because... Everyone will be scared about the ghost. So one of the me, I'm also scared about that ghost. So I'm always scared. After two days, I got a dream that I want to go and clean that room. So I'm going it. But there is one lady was sitting inside and uh, it's kind of yellowish room. And the lady looked like really white, like bright. So I said, I'm sorry. I thought everyone was check out. So I'm trying to clean the room. I'm sorry. I didn't see you. And she said, she called me and she said, don't afraid, don't worry about anything. You're safe here. We are not going to hurt you. Don't be scared like that. She was saying, I think what you're trying to say, I can't understand. And after I saw two kids and one woman, but the woman didn't speak to me. She was saying, don't worry about anything. We are not going to hurt you. Don't be scared of anything she said.
3: Okay. Was that the end of the dream? Yes. Now, who do you think the other lady and the two kids were?
1: I think she's the one who was living from for like, like long years, I think.
3: Not the old lady. I'm talking about the other two people, other three people you saw.
1: I don't get it. I don't have idea about that. Maybe people... Yeah, maybe people died in there.
3: Okay. Anyway, who was the old lady? What do you think? Who was she to the... What relation did she have to the place that we worked?
1: Maybe she's the owner, like a really old, old owner.
3: Okay, it, my question is, you think she was a dead woman?
1: Yes, absolutely. She's a dead woman, but... And what
3: made you think she was a dead woman? What was it that made you, did you feel that way in the dream, or what? I
1: feel that way, because I didn't feel the, for like a, it's not like God, you know. I didn't feel that way. So she was telling me to not be scared, because she's living there.
3: Okay, not to be afraid. Yes. Okay, now, you and I spoke about this dream before, mm-hmm. and it's a, Very interesting dream, because you as a person, you kind of have what people may call the second sight Mm -hmm. in English. You have a bit of the third eye going there, and asherahs and things like that. Even if you're not fully conscious of them, you have some awareness of those things. So you were cleaning, and you were afraid, and the old lady of the place, you might call it the spirit of the place. It might even be an old lady that actually died there who had been an owner or something like that in the past. And, but anyway, she was reassuring you that everything was okay. Yes. Right. Now, what's really significant about that is that she was telling you you're accepted there by whoever's dead, whatever spirits are hanging around there. You've been accepted, and you have nothing to worry about.
2: That's kind and of... Everybody it. else, though... Better watch out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm
3: sure. I don't think anybody of the other girls working there had that kind of experience or has that level of acceptance with the place that they're at. And, you know, these things have always scared Lydia a little bit. And I've always told her that she's really fortunate because these are or uh, gives you more power to interact with your environment. And so here she was, as a new job. And she was integrating and processing into this new job. And this is on a much deeper level. And so when we go to interpret dreams, wow, everyone has different ways of doing it. But it seems if I read the media, right, and when it's talking about how science does these things, it puts these things in types. This is this type of dream. That's an anxiety dream. That's a wish fulfillment dream or something like that. That's just isn't the approach. It's not open enough to encompass how different dreams are. And so today, you know, we've been showing the past other podcasts. We showed how they relate to waking life. And that's our first approach. Right, Douglas? We take a dream, and what do we do with it?
2: We try to relate it to either the day before or the day after. Right.
3: All dreams don't fit into that mode. Yeah. Natisha's dream didn't fit into that mode. It was about an ongoing process of Lisa and her visiting the house or the plane of the living here. Lydia's dream also was a process dream and Mattoon's dream well you can relate that directly to his life but Douglas you've got a dream
2: yeah well this is another one that doesn't fit into that mold I mean it could but I mean it could have that interpretation too but I didn't at the time relate it to that right right but anyway I pulled this right out of my dream journal so I'm just going to read it as it is But I guess I should say that I was in high school. I had a group of friends. You know, we referred to ourselves as a posse because that was what was in fashion back then. And one of them, two years ago, died in a motorcycle accident. And it was very tragic because he'd recently married again. And the woman was five months pregnant or something with their daughter. And he died before the kid was born. And anyway, it was sad. And his first birthday after that, he died in September and his birthday was in August. And I always remember his birthday because it's August 15th, which is the birthday of Sri Bindo. And that night I had this dream. And uh, I'm going to mention other friends in this dream like Billy, Chuck, Max, and Brittany is Chuck's wife. So I'm with Billy in my car and we're going to the airport in Dayton, Ohio to see Chuck off. Chuck's leaving. I seem to remember knowing Chuck was dead, but somehow it still made sense that we were seeing him off on a flight to wherever he was moving to. We pull out of the Kroger Plaza, and I'm having a hard time seeing through the windshield. I wipe the fog off the windshield, but I'm still having trouble seeing. The street isn't well lit, and I remarked to Billy that the streets aren't as well lit as they are in India. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) It's the opposite. Anyway. Uh, enough about India. I tell Billy I have to turn around and go back to get my glasses, though I know that might make us late to see Chuck off. Then we're at the airport. Chuck and Paul are there, along with Chuck's wife, Brittany, and the baby. The baby had been born already before this dream. Chuck has a thing of green nylon cord that he is giving in pieces to Brittany, who's weaving the pieces into something like a tiara. Paul is already wearing one of the tiaras that she has made. Here again I remember that Chuck is dead, but still the fact that we are here seeing him off on a plane doesn't seem illogical. I go over to Chuck and stand next to him and lay my head on his shoulder and weep a little bit. I tell the group how it sucks we can't walk him to the gate. There are other people in this lobby area, including two teams that are playing a basketball drone. I think if I remember right it was boys versus girls. I go into the bathroom when I come out, Chuck and everyone had gone. I figure they went to another part of the airport where you can access the gates. I go outside and see Brittany standing there, and she says something to the effect of, well, we finally got to meet. And I respond, yeah, you finally got to meet that crazy guy from India. I walk her to her car and reminiscing, I tell her that at the time when we were all friends and were just running around like a bunch of assholes pretending to be gangsters, there was still something magical about that time in my life. I'm getting choked up and tell her, if this is that upsetting for me, I can imagine how incredibly difficult this must be for you and Max. We reach her car, and I tell her goodbye, and I wake up.
3: Well, there's a lot of details in the dream.
2: Yeah, maybe more than... Yeah,
3: <laughs> we could take every single detail. Yeah, but let's not. Right, exactly. <laughs> but what's important is when you had the dream, it was one year?
2: No, no, no. It was his first birthday after The he first
3: birthday Right.
2: After. He died about a month after his birthday... Uh-huh. And then his following birthday after he died, I had the dream like the night of the 15th. Okay. So well,
3: you can bet that his family was especially there on his first birthday after he died. They were really feeling the loss.
2: Sure, the friends too. I mean, right. I didn't, but the the
3: friends and cuz it was a tragic death. So what you were doing was you were participating in that event with your friends and with his family. Right. And you actually did meet her on the planes. Yeah. And you're right. It's a different kind of dream. And it's processing your relationship with Chuck and after death. And it's interesting that everyone is escorting him to the gate yeah. so he can then fly right. on an airplane and go somewhere. So he was probably at that moment on the other side in transit. And, you know, I don't know exactly what happens after death. I don't think anybody does. Well, he had
2: been dead for almost a year, so maybe he was starting to let go.
3: Yeah, perhaps, yes, exactly. people
2: moving on. Right, no, I think that's... I mean, that's kind of like, Tiara's almost like a crown. I don't remember if she was making the second one for him, but Uh it was almost like maybe he might represent something that got accomplished On the level of the vital. Right, right. Maybe
3: maybe move through the vital plane. Right. And he was ready to go go
2: higher. Higher. Right.
3: So you participated in that process. You were part of the forces that were helping him move. So in that dream, it's, well, you can call it a dream. And it's closer to something like a dream experience. And you have this experience on the inside with other people. And what your dream maker does is whip up symbols so you can see it.
2: Right. And uh, And this was actually something that happened on another plane. Right.
3: It was something that happened on another plane. And that's one of the things that we're also trying to show is that it's the inside that gives birth to the outside. And we'll just keep coming back to that and showing examples of what that might look like. Well, the last dream is one of mine. And it happened, oh, I don't know, about two or three months after Lisa died Now, Lisa, basically not quite a ghost, but she didn't make the passage and she was, she still is in kind of a no man's land between the dead and the living. And she hasn't made the passage. And I have had other dreams about it. I've had lots of inner voice and visions about it. And I have had two attempts to try to rescue her and help her move on. I had experience. We had. I had a childhood cat and named Kitty Puss. And in my journeys out of the body and experimenting with lucid dream, I had a near death experience in a lucid dream, and I discovered that she was a ghost in the house. And I just put it on the back burner. And it happened when I was in a little cabin on the island of Crete, isolated for about five months. I was able to, in a lucid dream, find her on the other side take her and throw her up into the rising sun to move her on so she wouldn't be a ghost in the house anymore. And so I wanted to do the same thing with Lisa. And I had two unsuccessful attempts so far. And I'm going to talk about the second unsuccessful attempt. I became lucid in a dream when I immediately thought of Lisa. And so I wanted to rescue her. And I found myself like in the back of things. There was a city or something like that off to my left. And I was right on the edge of the darkness. And I was moving very quickly in a straight line. And it's something characteristic I have found. In traveling to the other side, there's an actual travel. Not every single time, but you have a distance to go. And I traveled for some time And it became kind of narrow, tunnel-like, although it didn't have quite walls to it. It just, the space was shaped that way. And then I came to, not an end of it, but a strange place, and I knew Lisa was near. And I came to a mirror, and I could see her on the other side of the mirror. And I knew that this was my moment and my passage to the other side. And so I went through the mirror, and when I went through the mirror she ran from me she wasn't quite ready to receive me the complications in her death had to do with her dying because of incorrect medical procedure and apathy and neglect on the part of the vet and i was the person who administered the tablet that gave her kidney failure unbeknownst to me and so she was afraid of me she's a dog doesn't understand things And it was one of the really horrible things about her death. And I couldn't get close to her. And so I tried to grab her. And again, and now at this point, I'm on the other side. And it's a pitch blackness. And but I could still see things. And but it's different than over here. The feeling is different. The look is different. It's I can't quite describe it, except it's a very dark place. This is the place that she was in like a place of chaos between life and death not a nice place at all and so i wasn't able to get her and then i thought i had her and the next thing i look in my hands and i have a belt i don't have her and then the dream shifts and i find myself in another scenario i'm at someone's house and i'm trying to look for her again and i realize i'm still lucid and i realized that the attempt had failed And so, uh, this was the second attempt to rescue her. The third attempt is yet to occur. And so, this dream, of course, it has to do with waking life, but it's not like it's not telling me what happened the day before or the day before. It's not giving me foreknowledge about what's going to happen tomorrow or the next day. It's a dream of process and of my beloved Lisa. And so, there are so many different kinds of dreams but we don't approach the dream to interpret it by identifying what kind it is. That doesn't help us. We try to get our hands on the dream itself and to see what is it showing us? What is it trying to tell us? What are we doing in the dream? And how do we relate that to the people that we love and the things that we're doing in life? And I think, wow, that's about it. Does anybody have anything else?
0: Uh, I'm asking this for someone who doesn't know what the word lucid means. It just means
3: waking up in your dream and you're aware that you're dreaming. And it's a power of dreaming. It's something that Tish has been working on for the past couple of years. And it happens more often. And you become aware that you're dreaming and you're conscious. You know that you're asleep in bed. And so you have your conscious power to make decisions and to take actions. All right. Now... When we're talking here in a podcast, wow, it's very easy to not say things correctly, not say things that we should say, but hopefully over time, it may become clear the method that we're using to interpret our dreams, and which is not a one, two, three method at all. It's a very different kind of method, and every dream is its own experience, And we kind of take each one and we look at it with the knowledge that we've had of all the other dreams that we've worked with. And we go from there.
2: Okay. I don't think I have anything else to add. Uh, Lydia? No. No. Not about you,
3: Natish? No. Okay.
2: All right. Well, thank you very much for listening. And we'll see everybody again soon.
0: Bye. 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 Bye.
3: Bye.